Meseches Demai, Perek Zayin, Mishnah Aleph, 7-1. We've seen in a couple Mishnahs already in the Mesechta that there's an Isser Medurabanan to tithe one's food on Shabbos. That applies both to Tevel proper as well as to Demai. The reason for that is because it looks like one is fixing something, he's fixing his food to make it edible, lest he come to fix a Kli, uh, which would be an Isser Doraisa of Tikkun Man of Makabapatish. Um, so, that being the case, if one has food on Shabbos untied, whether Demai or Tevel, he would be stuck. Um, however, we've also established in the previous parak that there is such a phenomenon as Brera, at least according to some Tanaim. Brera means that retroactively you could allocate things in a certain way. Our Mishnah will put those two together and allow Brera to be a solution for the problem of not having tied one's food on Shabbos. The Mishnah says, If a person receives an invitation from his friend to eat by him, meaning Reuven sends an invitation to his friend Shimon, that Shimon should eat by Reuven. The problem is, Shimon doesn't trust the kasha, so to speak, of Reuven, meaning he doesn't, Shimon doesn't trust that Reuven tithes properly. So therefore, Shimon couldn't eat at Reuven's house because he's concerned the food that will be served to him will not be tithed properly. However, he can't wait until Shabbos to do the tithing because at that point, there'll be a prohibition from tithing food. And it would seem he can't tithe the food before Shabbos because the food doesn't belong to him yet. And you can't tithe something which doesn't belong to you. It's on your possession. Therefore, we'd think that he's stuck. However, he has an Eitzah. His Eitzah is to rely on Bereira. Over my Erev Shabbos, he should say on Erev Shabbos, Remember Brera being retroactive allocation? He'll say, The stuff that I'm going to separate tomorrow, Harehu Miser, the first piece will be Miser, that will be 1% of the total I'm going to eat, Ushar Miser Samachlo, the remaining of the Miser is next to it, meaning the other 9% next to it, Zesha Sisi Miser, that first 1% that I set aside to be Miser, Asli Trumas Miser Love, it will be the Trumas Miser on the Miser. Umaiser Shani period, and meaning that now he's separated out his one piece that would be the Trumas Maisha that he can't eat. Everything else is going to be okay, except, of course, since it's uh, he's got the problem as Demai of still the Kadush of the Maiser Shani. So he says, Umaiser Shani, but Safono or Dromo. As for the Maiser Shani, wherever it is, he says, let it be in the north or in the south, it doesn't matter. Wherever he says it is, Umhulal al it should be uh, deconsecrated onto coins, meaning that. This person here, Shimon has on his fridge taped a coin that says Meister Shani coin, and he says, um, tomorrow, the Meister Shani that's going to be in the north of the food should be deconsecrated off the coin that's taped to my fridge here. And, you know, come one day I'll go to Yushalayim and take that coin up to Jerusalem and use it there to purchase food with us. That's the end of the Mishnah. So again, what the Mishnah is saying is that Shimon receives an invitation from Reuben. He doesn't trust Reuben's kashras as far as tithing goes. Reuven is an Amaharetz, and therefore the food is Demai. He asked the Shimon who got invited, doesn't have to worry about Truma Gadola, but he doesn't have to worry about Truma's Meiser, and he'll use the formula that we've seen in previous Mishnahis already, or a very close version of it, combined with Brera to solve his problem. Now, you may have several questions. Let's take them one at a time. The first and most basic question is, I thought you weren't allowed to do Hafrashas on Shabbos, and here Shimon is doing just that, it would seem. So the answer is he's not doing that exactly because he is doing the essential 
tithing the food, which is the Kriya Shem, the declaration of what is going to be the tithes, now before Shabbos. And by doing that, he circumvents the Isra Durabanan of tithing on Shabbos. Now, I just want to explain for a second, because this sort of thing which crossed up a few times throughout Shas often frustrates a person. It sounds like there's a big trick here. It sounds like we're, we're, we're fooling ourselves. If it's Asr to tithe on Shabbos, and he's actually physically doing the tithing on Shabbos, how does some declaration about retroactive tithing solve that problem? So the answer is that you have to remember the prohibition against uh, tithing this food on Shabbos is only an Isr Durabanan. From the Torah's perspective, one is allowed to tithe food on Shabbos. The reason why the rabbi said you can't tithe food on Shabbos is lest one come to do makvapatish with Kalim. And that being the case, the rabbis left the door open to tithe food on Shabbos, quote-unquote, through this technique of making the declaration beforehand. Um, so there are a couple ways to think about it, a couple interpretations of what's happening. Um, either that's just in the way which the rabbis built the prohibition against tithing food on Shabbos, they left the door open for this method, and they never forbade this in the first place. Another way of thinking about it is along the lines of the Erev Tavshilin phenomenon, where a person does something before Shabbos to sort of make sure that something is a general rule over time isn't forgotten on Shabbos. So, for example, the way the Chazanish understands it, this declaration is just um, a... a placeholder in one's mind, so to speak, or in the halachic, collective halachic mind, that there's a general prohibition against tithing openly without restriction on Shabbos. Um, but the Chazanish, for example, understands that a person will, will do the exact same declaration on Shabbos proper and do the tithing again there. So this declaration here just makes sure that it's sufficiently different that one wouldn't come to trample on the Torah prohibitions of fixing things, meaning kalim, utensils, on Shabbos proper. A second question one might ask is that we had seen back in the fourth parak Mishnah base a whole complex situation where one's friend insists that he come to him to eat on Shabbos and it's the suda of his firstborn and it's a big deal and if you don't he says if you don't come to me through this time then I make a netter against you know our relationship however that worked exactly forever and we allowed the person getting invited to be lenient and eat at the person who's inviting him to his house one time, provided that the person giving the invitation like assures him that indeed it's properly tithed. So the question is like, what's the difference in that case and this case? Um, the most, this case isn't that case. That's for sure. No, this is just a generic case and there's no pushing need, um, with regard to the relationship being totally destroyed if the person getting invited doesn't come. Um, but, a simple difference could be, Tosyonto, for example, takes the approach that that Mishnah is happening on Shabbos. In other words, the person getting invited is now receiving the invitation, but it's too late for him to even make a Brera declaration for tithing because it's Shabbos already. Um, whereas our case here, the person getting invited has time to make the proper Brera declaration before. One other question one might ask is that a Ne'eman, a person who is formally accepting for themselves to do tithes properly, um, who has been the topic of much of our Masechta here, the later part of the Masechta. Um, if you recall, he accepts upon himself a number of things to be classified as a Naaman, um, and one of them is that he won't eat by an Amaretz. And here you have the Naaman ostensibly being invited to the Amaretz and eating at his house. Uh-huh, what's going on over here? So a simple answer, again, um, Tosiyantov 
suggests is that we're not talking about a person who's a ne'eman proper, the guy who formally accepted upon himself to be strict about tithes because this would ruin his credentials. Um, but we're talking about a person who just generally is strict about tithes, like a good old-fashioned from person. You know, it reminds you of, you know, they said the Chavetz Chaim never had tzmicha. So this, you know, he didn't take a formal commitment or get the formal certification to be a rabbi, but certainly he's qualified as a rabbi. This is a generically from person who didn't take the formal obligation to become a ne'eman, um, but now he's being invited to his neighbor's house and has to worry about the the kashras, the tithing, and so this is his etza to do that.